Well, hey everyone, and welcome to day number 29 of our Book of Acts video devotional series. Well, audio also, because it's recorded and put onto a couple of platforms there. Uh, uh, for today, May 28th, 2020. Again, this is day number 29, and tomorrow uh, will be the last day uh, that we do this, and then we're going to wrap it all up on uh, Sunday morning, May the 31st, okay? So I know that there are people out there watching, listening, and you have you've watched every single one of these or listened to every single one of these, and uh, that's good. And I hope that uh, you're growing as a result. I hope that... Uh, it's changing the way that you that you see things. Uh, I hope it's helping you to grow in your understanding of God and your walk with Him. Uh, I would encourage you to share this feed. You know what? Share this feed with people who are professing Christians and people who are professing atheists. Uh, you know, they're they're at least they're going to develop an opinion uh, based on what they're hearing from the Bible. And so many times, a lot of people who are not so-called Christians, they haven't even got a clear presentation of what Christianity is. And so uh, I would challenge you to share. And you can do that through sharing on uh, Facebook if you're watching it that way. <clears throat> you can also share our audio, which is on the Podbean. Yesterday I said something different, but the Podbean platform and Apple Podcasts. You can also go to our website at citypointchurch.ca and you have audio and video there in the sermons section. And you can share those as well, okay? And I do look forward to to being with you on Sunday, May the 31st. Our service is going to be at 11 a.m. on Facebook Live. And uh, at 1 p.m., we are going to have a special, very fun Zoom call where we are going to play an electronic game based on everything that you have learned for the last, well, it'll be 30, I guess, 30, 31 days. And uh, so that's going to be super fun, and you need a device for the Zoom call, which will have the questions, and you need another device to answer them. And uh, so it works best with two Wi-Fi-enabled devices, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We did this Easter, had a blast, and we're going to do the same thing on May the 31st, which happens to be Pentecost Sunday, and I'm going to talk about a very relevant subject, seeing what's happening in uh, in the news called the crisis of delay. All right, so uh, we are in Acts chapter 18 here, and uh, this is the beginning of this chapter, and a lot of time in this chapter in terms of chronology is spent in the city of Corinth. So uh, one way to remember Paul's missionary journeys is the word pacer. So P is for Paul, uh, A is for Antioch, uh, that's north of Jerusalem, about, I think it's about 300 miles north of Jerusalem, that's Antioch in what was called Syria. Um, so that's a highlight of his first missionary journey would be A, Antioch. A highlight of his second missionary journey would be C, Corinth. A highlight of his third missionary journey would be E, Ephesus, and a highlight of his fourth would be R for Rome. So you can remember Pacer. Now, if you're if you're if you've read the New Testament a little bit, that word Corinth, that city of Corinth, rings a bell for you because Paul wrote two letters 
to the Corinthians. And he wrote a letter to the Romans. And he wrote a letter to, uh, two letters to the Thessalonians. And he wrote a letter to the Galatians. And these are all churches uh, that he essentially planted. And so you see the introduction to these churches in the book of Acts. So it's a really good idea when you're reading the book of Acts to read the letters to these churches. Uh, Philippians was written to the church in Philippi. Colossians was written to the church in Colossae. So when you when you run into these these cities in the book of Acts, oh, now you got to go and fish through the New Testament and say, ah, let me see what he wrote to this church later. And that gives you a much deeper insight as to what was going on. You're talking about 2,000 years ago. So this really helps you to get a grip on things. And um, so here in, in, in Corinth, we are introduced to the city and what he does there. Um, uh, Aquila is and Priscilla are a couple that he meets. And um, uh, there's one key detail, actually two key details in Acts chapter 18 that not a lot of people think about or teach about, but they are critical uh, for you as a follower of Christ and critical for those of you who aren't. Because these are two details. One is in verse 2. So it says that he met Aquila and uh, his wife Priscilla. Why did he meet them? Because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Okay, that we know is a, is a proven historical fact. The historian Suetonius um, tells us of this, and it happened in the year 49. They were expelled because of disturbances about uh, uh, Jesus. And so there was this expulsion that took place from Rome. And we know this was 49. So what that tells us is that Paul got into Corinth by around the year 50 A.D., that's really, really important because um, he started writing. Uh, we, we're, we're pretty sure his first letter to the Thessalonians was written right here in this chapter, in Acts chapter 18, while he was in Corinth. That means he's writing to the Thessalonians in 50. That's a mere 17 years after Jesus had died and been raised from the dead. So he's writing to these people in Thessalonica within the lifetime of his experience with Jesus. This is incredibly early. And if, if, you, if anyone wants to say that the Gospels and the writings of Paul are some made-up story, you've really got a problem on your hands because the information is being circulated so quickly that anybody who knew that it was false, would have said, excuse me, we were alive when these supposed ideas about Jesus happened, and they didn't happen like that at all. There are a bunch of lies that are being said here. But this was said so early because the communicators of the information had confidence that what they were communicating really happened. And so we have this detail in Acts chapter 18, verse 2, that dovetails with the history of the time that we know already. So, pretty amazing. And um, so, typical Paul, he's, he goes first to the synagogues, and he tries to persuade uh, both Jews and Greeks 
uh, about Jesus, the Messiah, risen from the dead, and so on. And then Paul and Silas come and join him. And again, we're, this is far, far, far from home, right? This is way, way northwest of Jerusalem by hundreds of miles. So they're way off in, in uh, Gentile country, okay? This, there's, there's less and less Jews and more and more Gentiles who they're being exposed to and who they're preaching and teaching. They would typically go into the synagogues first, but if they were refused there or persecuted there, they just go to the Gentiles. And the same thing happened here. And, and Paul Paul says, well, your blood be on your own heads. I'm innocent of it. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. And so he does. And Paul leaves the synagogue, goes right next door to the house of a man named uh, Titius Justus, who's a worshiper of God, God-fearing man, uh, but not a follower of Jesus. Uh, the, the synagogue ruler, uh, Crispus, and his entire household believe in the Lord. Many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. And there you have the formation of the church in Corinth. Uh, uh, Paul is spoken to uh, by God in a vision, saying, Don't be afraid. Keep on speaking. Don't be silent. I'm with you. No one's going to attack you or harm you. I have many people in this city. And so Paul stays in Corinth for a year and a half. Long time. Established a church there a church that he would write at least two letters to, uh, uh, probably three, because 1 Corinthians is actually a sequel to a letter that we don't have. If you read 1 Corinthians carefully, you will see that. Um, and now we have another detail in verse 12. While Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews in Corinth made a united attack on, attack on Paul and brought him to the place of judgment. All right, we stop again there. This appointment of Gallio as proconsul to Achaia, we know about this as well. And we have an actual, we have an inscription, a piece of, uh, of um, uh, archaeological evidence that shows this. And we know that this happened in 51. And so we've got Paul pigeoned right in there in the year AD 50 in Corinth, again, writing to the Thessalonians as, uh, Thessalonians as he plants this church in uh, Corinth. It's amazing. And um, when, you read, when you read the book of Acts, you must know something. You are reading something that really happened. And these little tidbits of information, these little seemingly insignificant pieces of information that were given here are given to show the historicity of the account. And when you have that, uh, that is that is a very real detail. No one's going to deny that detail. Well, remember the same God and the same Holy Spirit and the same Jesus that is spoken of is just as, are just as true. Uh, as as these little details that you read in the book of Acts. Uh, the work of the Holy Spirit is very real in the book of Acts. It's very palpable, very tangible, the work that we see the Holy Spirit doing. And that work is just as real as these little pieces of information. Okay, and um, so they attack Paul while Gallio is this proconsul, and they, they say this man is persuading the people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. 
And then Gallio, who's a non-Jew, totally non-Jewish person, he pipes up and he says, look, if you're making a complaint about some kind of misdemeanor or serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to listen to you. But it, this involves words and names of your own law. Settle it yourselves. I will not be a judge of such things. And so he says, get out of my courtroom, so to speak. And then the crowd turns on uh, another guy named Sosthenes, uh, and we meet this this man. We see these this man's name. I think we also see Crispus's name in the letter to the Corinthians that we have in First Corinthians. And uh, they take Sosthenes and they beat him right in front of Gallio. And Gallio could care less. He just lets it go on. I mean, what a place, the city of Corinth, you know. And so Paul, he stays there for some time. We don't know exactly how long that is. And then he he um, he leaves and he goes to uh, Syria. And um, he's got Priscilla and Aquila with him. And you will see more about them as you read the New Testament. And then this little piece of information. He had his hair cut off at Sanctria. Uh, because of a vow he had taken, and it's just dropped into the narrative there. I mean, I suppose we're a bit envious of Paul right now. I'd love to have my hair cut. You know, it's been a long time. But he has his hair cut off because of a vow, and this is typical Paul. Again, he does whatever he needs to do in order to win people to Christ. He made some type of vow. We don't know what it was, but he has his hair shaved, it simply would have made him a more effective witness in the culture and context that he was in. Then he arrives in Ephesus, first mention of there, where uh, of Ephesus, where he leaves Priscilla and Aquila, goes into the synagogue, again, tries to persuade uh, the Jewish people there, um, and, uh, and then he moves on. Uh, he, he goes to Caesarea. I mean, it's a long, long journey. Um, and then he goes... Uh, uh, he lands in Caesarea and he goes up to Jerusalem. Again, that term up to Jerusalem because Jerusalem is at a higher altitude. And he greets the church and then goes down again because Antioch is a lower altitude. He goes down to Antioch uh, in Syria, again, about 300 miles north. He's all over the place. After he spends some time there, he, he goes out, he goes to Galatia, he goes to Phrygia, um, uh, strengthening the disciples. I mean, it's just the miles on his odometer and the relentless pursuit of the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the preaching of the message. It's, it's just uncanny to watch this man's energy and this man's passion. And this is only his second missionary journey there's going to be two more just incredible and then you see him um uh run into apollos and he has an influence in, on apollos apollos a good teacher but he seems to have very limited knowledge it says he knows only the baptism of john interesting language there and he speaks boldly in the synagogue uh, priscilla and aquila hear him and they teach him more um, in their home so that he can be an even more effective uh, teacher. And then uh, the chapter moves on. And again, you just see again and again and again this 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 desire. It's not only of Paul. Uh, you have Apollos doing the same thing. The constant message, uh, teaching from the scriptures, Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the, the Lord. That's his deity. 
Jesus is risen from the dead. But one thing that you can pick from Acts chapter 18 uh, amongst many is that you've got these two key pieces of historical information in there. And that gives us great confidence that what we are reading is authentic, what we are reading is true, and what we are reading is life-changing. Now, we're going to pick it up again tomorrow and look into Acts chapter 19 and uh, something that happened in Ephesus uh, that's very, very significant and, uh, and very meaningful even for us today. So I trust this has been a blessing to you and uh, look forward to being with you tomorrow for day number 30 of our Acts devotional series, Christ in the Crisis. Look forward to being with you. God bless you.